Hey guys, so sorry for the long hiatus, but we are finally back. And happy to be back. Happy to uh, talk to you guys again about movies. And today we're going to bring you two of them. And they're both Marvel movies. The first one we're going to do is Shang-Chi, and Selena is going to do the introduction for this one. So, this basic synopsis of Shang-Chi is basically Shang-Chi, the main character, has escaped his home in China and is now living in San Francisco doing an ordinary job. He's a valet, same with his best friend, Aquafina. Now, his past catches up to him, and mainly when I say his past, I mean his dad. So, his dad actually is the Mandalorian? No, the Mandarin. Yeah, Mandarin. The Mandarin and also, um, what's his other name? He had two names in here. Zhu Win Wu. Zhu Win Wu. I cannot say that name correctly. Let me find that. Oh, there you go. Shu Wen Wu. Shu Wen Wu. Okay, you say it better than I do. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it kind of goes a little bit of a, the backstory of um, Tony Leung's character a little bit, and also Fala Chan's character, which is actually the mom, and we get to see the whole family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, there have been, what, now, 24? Five Marvel movies, somewhere in that vicinity. <laughs> like, there's a lot. And we had three this year. I mean, on average, we usually get about three mm-hmm. in a year from MCU or if they do a crossover with, like, Sony for Spider-Man or something like that. But, yeah, we get a lot in a year in terms of Marvel movies. And this is the second one that was released because they had Black Widow earlier and then they had um, Shang-Chi and now they have Eternals, which we'll talk about later. But... I think in terms of like the ranking of the Marvel movies, Shang-Chi ranks up there pretty highly for me. It's definitely a much better filmed movie than a lot of the other MCU movies. It has better editing, more clean fights, and I think just overall like a better connection to culture and everything else as well than a lot of other MCU movies. I can agree with that. This is actually my favorite MCU movie. Um, not because it's, you know, heavily, mainly Asian cast-based, but also just the storyline is great. I love that there is no clear-cut love interest in this, mm-hmm. which in every Marvel movie there is some sort of love interest somewhere. And it, I don't know. I mean, it may just be in the formula that Marvel wants to do, but it doesn't necessarily have to one which I liked in this and it had I mean all of the actors were fantastic mm-hmm. I love the culture that they put into there because unlike with Black Panther with Shang-Chi you actually see more of the Asian culture you actually do and like it it does get treated more like it's made by someone who's really well invested in the Asian culture this was yeah. actually directed by uh, Daniel Disson Creighton uh, I think it's how you say his last name but he did uh, Just Mercy before this uh, the Michael B. Jordan and mm. Jamie Foxx movie. Um, and so, like, jumping from that to this, I don't know how much experience he has with the Asian culture, but he definitely shows, like, he knows what he was going for when he was going for this. And it's just, like, you know, the family dynamic, like you were saying, mm-hmm. and gathering for, like, you know, making the food and everything, like yep. that family bonding. Uh, so for those that aren't as experienced in it, when I'm talking about making food... Uh, that's very big in Asian cultures, mainly because that's when families come together, and that's when and families... that's when we gossip. Yeah, that too. <laughs> gossip up ourselves, <laughs> our family, friends, and relatives that are not there. 
<laughs> At least that's how it is in my family. And another thing is how what I really liked about this was how they didn't make it just like 100% English. Mm -hmm. It was actually a good mixture of like English and, and Mandarin. Mandarin. Uh, yeah, it's mostly Mandarin, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, it almost kind of borders that foreign film um, barrier to an extent because like it's it's there's a lot more foreign language in this one than there is in other Marvel movies. Like in some Marvel movies, they'll have foreign language. Uh, and then, like, they'll be mostly English, but then in this one, it's, like, a good, almost 50-50, I would say. Yeah. So, let's talk about the characters and how well they did. Yes. Uh, so, Simu Liu... Uh, is uh, the main character. Yeah, he main is, character. Um, he's Shang-Chi and Shang-Chi and Shan. Yeah. Yeah. And he's good, actually. I didn't... I don't think I've seen him in anything else before this. I know I haven't. But, <laughs> but yeah, he's really good. Aquafina is always a show stealer yes. in everything she's in, even when she's the lead, like she was in The Farewell. Mm -hmm. um, but she's really good here. And even though it kind of seems like she's doing almost the same thing that she did in like Crazy Rich Asians and in um, Raya and the Last Dragon, even though that's mm -hmm. her voice character, uh, you know, it's still, it's fun to watch her just kind of be so invested in the character and be so goofy. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of wondering like how much of the character she plays, how much is actually like her in real life, how goofy she is in real life. I think she is a little goofy in real life because I've seen some, um, not exactly interviews, but kind of things that she's been in where there's these two brothers that they they do, um, they go around and do food, mm -hmm. um, especially a lot of Chinese food mainly. Mm -hmm. And she was actually in one of them and I watched it because it was with her and her grandma okay. and the two brothers and the grandma was the one who made the food. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting to actually see all that because... I didn't know that her manner isn't like me. It's not that great. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have pretty big, especially when I'm speaking in Mandarin, I have a pretty big accent. But when I've seen her in the movies and stuff, I, I can tell a little bit because it's not fluent when she's singing. Right. So I can I know that she's not as fluent, but I thought that she was better than me, which actually, no, she's kind of like me in the fluency of it. It's, it's not that great. So it's great to actually see somebody who... In the movies, seems like they can speak it very well, but then in real life, not really speaking very well. I'm yeah. not, I'm not as ashamed. <laughs> and to go back to talking about Destin Daniel Creighton, the director, he actually is Asian. I didn't even know that until. Oh, yeah. Yeah, looking at his picture right now. So, okay, so yeah, he definitely is well versed in it, uh, obviously. But anyway, uh, and then <clears throat> uh, yeah, the other people in this, uh, Michelle Yeoh's in this as well, mm -hmm. and she's always phenomenal to watch. Yes. And then one of the big things that when it comes to Marvel movies, their biggest barrier that they have is having a good villain, like someone who's actually really good and not just kind of cardboard cut out, just have a villain for the sake of having a villain. But you get Tony Leung in here, and you have no issues with him as a villain in pretty much anything he does. He, he so I've all, I have always been a fan since he's been with TVB. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, that's like in the 80s. So... <laughs> He's aged very well because I haven't watched most of his recent stuff, but he has aged pretty well. And I did not know. So he actually speaks English pretty fluently. Mm -hmm. He's not comfortable with it, but he speaks it really fluently. And he it's all him. There's no dubbing or anything, which I'm really surprised with. Because with somebody who, at least in what we call the golden era of TVB, um, I know that a lot of them had to learn um, Cantonese, Mandarin, and English. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them, the English isn't that great. I mean, when you hear him speak, it's all, you hear a little bit of an accent. Right. But it's very fluent compared to a lot of other people. So I'm very impressed. 
He is the only villain I've seen in not just the MCU universe, but in most of and both MCU and DC where I can sympathize with. Yeah, and and it is interesting to have them kind of have that sympathy for him because but then again, it's also like they make it so it is that way. Mm-hmm. And there's um I don't think this is a, really a spoiler because it kind of already kind of explains it in the trailers, but um that is Shang-Chi's father. Mm-hmm. And you know, that whole like reuniting with, with your dad but then realizing oh he's the villain like it there's more emotion in this one by yeah. drawing in that aspect than there is in so many other marvel movies mm-hmm. and that's also what i really liked about this one and uh on top of like i said all the uh, camera scenes and everything all the fighting scenes this is actually like and the cgi, way, and the C- CGI is really good actually yeah because marvel and disney can be a little iffy even mm-hmm. when they spend like 200 300 million on movies but this one like the fight scenes we talked about, or we didn't talk about, we saw Mortal Kombat earlier this year, oh, and yes. that was one of those where it's like they have a lot of people that do their own stunts, but the way they filmed it was not made to where it looked like they were doing their own stunts. This one is. This one actually has the camera kind of focused on them more often than cutting away and cutting different angles. And speaking of with Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat, there were some angles that you see and you, you know that, it did not connect whatsoever, which is what, you know, you're, you're not really supposed to connect. Right. Anything, but they angle it usually where it doesn't seem like it. This one I can clearly see, oh, they didn't even connect at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that even didn't get edited out. I don't understand that. But, yeah, no, this is, I, I'm really kind of curious where Marvel's going to go now that Avengers is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they did Black Widow earlier this year to do, like, that whole, what was Black Widow, like, in between, um... It wasn't like her origin story. I mean, it was kind of her origin story, but it was also more like in between. Um... So it is right, if I can remember correctly, it's right after the bombing. Yeah. And then, because she was still one of Fugitive and right before the blip. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that one is. Oh, like... and then you get a little bit at the end of Black Widow, though. It's after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After she dies. Yeah, but yeah, with that one, that just felt more cookie cutter. To whereas this one doesn't really feel cookie cutter. Yes, it is an origin story. Yes, it does have like the whole here's this kind, of, here's this character, and here's um, I mean, he already kind of has his superpowers, but he just doesn't tell anyone or doesn't really. But there's more. Well, he doesn't have superpowers. Here's the thing: he oh. doesn't have superpowers. Right, right, right. Yeah. He was trained in different, uh, a lot of different martial art types. Mm-hmm. So the um, Muay Thai, um, Jiu Jitsu. Mm-hmm boxing he was trained in all that ever since he was very young right right now i what i thought was really interesting and which brings us back to the whole culture thing is the one who plays his sister mingar mm-hmm. um i didn't know that she didn't train with them because in the oh. trailers you see that they both fight right but in the movie she actually did not get to get, go and train with the boys because she's a girl mm-hmm. and so she had to go and trained by herself but she didn't actually have anybody teaching her either she just kind of watched what the boys did and did it all herself mm-hmm. so i thought that was really brilliant of her to do that um the special powers actually really comes from the 10 rings that right, yeah. um, tony alone actually has and has cut he didn't use them for a while but he kept it and that's i see i don't know i don't know if it gives you immortality which is where we're um, a little confused with mm-hmm. um but because apparently it's changed hands throughout right. generations but 
throughout those generations, they're all turning around, mm-hmm. playing those generations. Yeah. Um, but and it does get passed on to Shang-Chi later on because he just kind of takes it from his dad. Yeah. So that's kind of where the superpower comes mm-hmm. in. But he, it's almost like Black Panther where he already has all that skill, but now he just gets a booster. Yeah, good point. And what I also liked about this was how you don't necessarily have to watch the previous 20-some-odd yep. movies before this. They do make references to other films like Doctor Strange because you have Benedict Wong mm-hmm. in this one. And then uh, there's a reference to like Blip Anxiety called this number. So like little in-jokes yeah. here and there. But as an overall film, you don't necessarily have to watch the other films in order to get what was going on here. Like how it was with you know watching all the Avengers movies and everything in between those Avengers movies to get to Endgame. And I liked how they actually had the original person who played the Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Because Jonathan makes a point in there to say, oh, they call me by many names. You Americans have also had one um, called the Mandarin who imitated me. Yeah, and that was I know you haven't seen Iron Man three, no, but but the one the one thing I did like it was how that brought uh, Ben Kingsley back, and you know he was the one who imitated the Mandarin back in Iron Man three, and so to bring that connection to that was really interesting. But as yeah, as a whole, Shang Chi is great to watch, um, and you, if you haven't had the chance to watch it yet, don't worry, it's coming out on Disney Plus this Friday actually, yep. as part of the whole Disney Plus day. So. Um, you know, I definitely look forward to seeing this one again because this is actually one of those yeah. few, one of those few MCU movies where I actually want to sit down and watch it again because I had so much fun with it and mm-hmm. it was so well done. I have to tell my dad, hey, it's it's out today. Make sure you and mommy watch it. I'll say, yeah, you might want to like give him a text Friday morning, like, hey, it's on, yep. watch it now. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, yeah, I don't, I didn't find many issues with this one, um, but yeah, I liked it a lot. I'm gonna give it an eight. I'm giving it an eight point five. I couldn't find a whole lot, but it also was one of those where I didn't I didn't go, you know, away from it and be like, oh my god, that was just so awesome. Yeah, it's not the thing with MCU movies is that where they have that issue of like they don't have the big wow factor anymore. Mm-hmm. You've seen a lot of them so many times uh, right now or like you've seen so many of them by this point. To where you watch one it's like, okay, yeah, that was cool. This one doesn't really like drastically change the MCU for any reason um, in terms of like aesthetics or story-wise or anything like that. Yeah. But it's one of the better MCU movies and it's definitely, uh, it's really interesting um, to see where they're going to go from here and especially when we get to talking about Eternals and how that mm-hmm. uh, goes too. But all right, so. We, hope you guys enjoyed. Yep. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and we will now talk about Eternals. All right, so now we're going to talk about Eternals, the other Marvel movie that is currently out. Actually, just came out um, this pretty, week. This yeah, last weekend, mm-hmm. and this is directed by Chloe Zhao. Um, many of you may not know that name right away, but she directed The Writer and Nomadland. She actually just won the Oscar for Nomadland, and I think it's interesting. Uh, I think this is the first Marvel movie I remember where they actually advertised who the director was. Yeah. Um, because actually, that's said from Academy Award-winning director Chloe Zhao, um, mainly because she's recently won. But uh, anyway, so Eternals is again another entry in the Marvel uh, universe, and it follows these ten Eternals, and they are pretty much keeping the world safe from these creatures called Deviants. They're like some big, almost like Demogorgon mixed with some kind of other creature thing, and yeah, they're pretty gnarly. But they like to, without giving too much of it away, they like the take people's powers away from them and well that was when they evolved yeah that was when they were starting to evolve in the beginning it was basically they're just eating people yeah they're they're pretty much just 
killing people left and right. And it starts off in like 5000 BC. And mm-hmm. you see the Eternals uh, fighting the Deviants, and then it kind of goes through the years, and they're fighting them some more, and then it gets to the point where they're mostly eradicated. And yeah, well, so after after the first scene that we see them with, mm-hmm. after the first five thousand five thousand five thousand BC, five thousand BC, yeah. then it goes to present day. Yeah. So throughout the movie, it kind of goes back and forth a little bit mm-hmm. to past events that they've helped with, mm-hmm. and then it goes. Like present day, half of the movie. Yeah, but essentially, like everyone thinks that the deviants are gone, but then they come back, and so the Eternals have to essentially regroup and fight them again. And there is a main villain in here, but we can't really get into too much detail on that because it's not as clear cut as who it is. Yeah. And well, and here's the thing though: is is there really one, or is there really two villains? That's what I was wondering about, too, when I was watching this. Like, mm-hmm. it seemed like there were multiple villains here, um, but there's no... It's not or like... maybe three. And could be two, one following orders. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's not like Iron Man or Captain mm-hmm. America where you know who the villain is. But um, with this one, like, there was a lot of controversy, or a lot of chatter about it more, I say, than controversy about it coming when it was coming out because, you know, first off, it was like the first biracial relationship in a Marvel movie or something like that with a white guy and an Asian person. Um, but, I mean, honestly, after you told me that and then watching the movie, uh-huh. there were so many relationships in there, and they were all biracial, and you also had gay as well. Yeah, so. this is this is probably one of the most diverse Marvel mm-hmm. movies uh, to come out in recent years. I know like they're trying to get more into being diverse, um, with their movies because of Black Panther, you know, being so popular. And now it's like, okay, they appeal to one um, demographic. demographic and now let's appeal to another demographic. So they went with Shang-Chi, with Shang-Chi we just talked about and both really liked. And then with Eternals, it's almost like a big melting pot in yeah. one movie. And I think that's where its strengths are, but also its weaknesses. Because with Eternals, it seems like there's too much going on for us to get really invested. But then there's also... Enough in there to where you do get invested, and actually, it's almost like more of a emotional and mature approach to the MCU um, genre. the The way that it's written, it's very different than mm-hmm. how any of the other MCU movies have been. I will say with this one though, it is a lot slower paced. There is action in it, but it's just. I don't know. The way that it's being delivered is very slow. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to actually really grasp on and have a favorite character. Because usually with your MCU or even DC, you have a favorite character. Whether it's a villain or whether it's the hero. Mm-hmm. There is a, is a favorite. There's a clear-cut favorite that somebody will have. But in this one, you can't because there's not a whole lot of character development for everybody in the two and a half hours. And with the thing, the thing is, like with movies where they have a team in one movie that they don't introduce beforehand, like Guardians of the Galaxy. With Guardians of the Galaxy, you got enough involvement with those characters, but there's only like maybe four or five main ones that you really um, latch on to. Even Shazam, you get involved with the characters too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then in, in Eternals, there's. There's 10 Eternals already, mm-hmm. and then there's so many other characters outside of that as well. It's almost like they should have made this either a mini-series or they should have made it into like a multi-season series um, as well, like how they did with Daredevil and Luke Cage yeah. and all those. Now, um, if they did that, I would think it would be much... So I don't know what the success is going to be because it's it 
literally was just out. So mm-hmm. I don't know how this whole week's going to be with it. But I will say I think it will have a better success if it was designated to be like a two-season series. Yeah. It would be much better because then you can actually have more character developments for everybody and actually have an attachment to somebody because this I couldn't get any attachment. I could and couldn't. Like, there were some characters. I really liked Brian Tyree Henry's character. He was, um, I'm probably blanking on his character. I kept hearing Faustus. Yeah. But the way that it's spelled, uh-huh. I would pronounce it Fatus. Oh, okay. Because yeah. P-H-A-T-O-S. Okay. But I keep hearing Faustus. Yeah. So I don't know what the correct pronunciation is. But yeah, like, his character actually gets a lot of, um, good development in this movie. And one thing I really liked about this movie was how it shows the Eternals, like they're immortals, and they go through all these different events in U.S. history, Mm -hmm. world history. There's one moment where a character says, if you guys are immortal and you guys were able to prevent the Deviants from coming back, why could you not prevent anything else from happening in this world? Like, Which one of the rules that they do have is they are not allowed to get involved with human conflicts. Mm-hmm. They can only get involved with deviant conflicts. Mm-hmm. And for the reason for that is because they need humans to grow. Which, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's a totally reasonable right. explanation because you need to be able to grow and advance yourself. Okay? Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like, yes, they have that luxury of superheroes being present, but at the same time, it's kind of like a learning curve of what if you don't have them mm-hmm. kind of thing and it's like you know you we are not god we are not gods we are i mean they are but they're not the one and only god they're not the ones who will like control everything and make everything good you know there are things that are, that are bad that are going to happen and they happen for a reason and it does go through like historical events i think one of the ones that actually got me the most um was the hiroshima mm-hmm. that was a really good scene and you then, pronounce it hiroshima huh you pronounce it hiroshima or hiroshima yeah yeah i pronounce it hiroshima it, it it varies how i pronounce it but yeah like like you were saying and i think one of the biggest criticisms of this movie was the fact that it gets so crammed in two and a half hours it feels like it should be longer than two and a half hours mm-hmm. and the way that Chloe Zhao approaches this one, it, she approaches it like she did with her independent films with the writer and Nomadland, where it's more of a slower-paced movie. And with at least the writer and Nomadland, those are more character-based films, to whereas this, she tried to do like a balancing act to where it's more character-based and then like some action here and there. And it kind of works for me, but at the same time, it kind of doesn't. It didn't work for me a whole lot, mainly because, I mean, I get what she's trying to do, but... It's so slow. I mean, we watched it with one of our friends and she fell asleep. Yeah, she did. One of the things I didn't like about this movie that much was Chloe Zhao captures great cinematography. Yes. As you saw in The Rider in Nomadland. Yes. And in this one, there's great cinematography as well. But it gets muted by Marvel and Disney's color scheme. A lot of it seems darker than it should be. Especially when they're in South Dakota Mm -hmm. or when they're in... um, that one area, and they get the car, and the car turns to like rose petals or something like, oh, or it uh-huh. leaves. That was like, in New York. Oh yeah, New York, New York. But yeah. Oh was, no, in London, London. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. But yeah, that was a like great scene, and I thought that would look so much cooler if it wasn't dark, if it wasn't as dark as this movie is. But there were some green screen shots in mm-hmm. there that were horrible. Because mm-hmm. when I looked at it, I'm like, um, 
their faces look much bigger than the background actually is supposed to look. <laughs> and that's when, I mean, usually I'm not good at picking some of these things up, but when it's something like that where it looks like if you go to Universal Studios and um, you're going to like a studio tour thing and mm-hmm. they kind of show you how they make the films. Right. It looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that, you know, they advertise this as being from Academy Award winning director Chloe Zhao. And one of the things that, Marvel is really known for is not exactly giving the directors they hire their own voice when it comes to the movies. Hmm? Okay, but yeah, they're not giving their own voice to the directors, other than like maybe Taika Waititi when he did Thor Ragnarok. Uh, you know, that was his style, but a lot of it was also MCU and Disney involved. Mm-hmm. And with this one, Chloe Zhao is like, it's got her style in there, but a lot of it is also MCU, Disney involved. Yeah. So I think that if you don't give the directors their own style, you're going to get a mixed bag. And I, I kind of, like like I said, I like this movie, but not as much as I wanted it to. I, I didn't really get that wow factor um, that I was looking for in a Chloe Zhao-directed movie. Yeah, I, I can't pinpoint it still, mm-hmm. but it's not bad. It's not the worst one I have seen. I will definitely say that. It's not the worst. It's not the best. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's leaning more to the lesser mid-range, mm-hmm. mainly because of the green screen effect that just threw it off. Because it could have, because you know which scene I'm talking about, mm-hmm. too. Those could have been pretty good shots. Yeah. But because of that green screen that looked in it, it threw it off for me. Mm-hmm. And because of the slowness of the movie, it can, I mean, and we've sat through movies where it's three hours long, but did not even feel like it. Yeah. Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. Dune. Oh, yeah, Dune. Well, but Dune wasn't exactly hard. Well, two and a half-ish. Yeah, it was two and a half-ish, but it didn't even feel like two and a half hours either. But with this one, it, a two and a half hour movie really felt like I was sitting there for three hours or even more than three hours. I was starting to get numb in some spots, I'll tell you the truth, but then again, I think it was also the seating uh, that yeah, we the, had, too. Yeah, the seating was um, not that great. But, yeah, I, I really wanted to like this one a lot, and I'm kind of hoping that I don't think this is going to happen, but I'm hoping that more directors will get um, their own voice when it comes to these big studio movies. Because mm-hmm. they kind of did in the beginning. Like, you had John Favreau, who did the Iron Man movies, the first two at least. And that felt like a John Favreau movie. Then you have Joe Johnston, who did the first Captain America movie. And he's the one that did The Rocketeer. So it has that very nostalgic mm-hmm. kind of feel to it. And that's what Captain America was like. Thor was Kenneth Branagh, so he had that like Shakespearean kind of approach to it. So, And then after that, they had some directors that had their own voice to it um but others are just kind of middle of the road hey let's just turn it out of the marvel factory and throw it on the screen so yeah i think with eternals it's one of those ones like people are saying this is the worst of the mcu that the mcu needs to be corrected i don't think so i think everyone needs to calm down i think you know this is just one movie it doesn't completely deter the mcu there are some things they talk about where it's like oh that changes this part of the timeline or this mm-hmm. part of the storyline, but in terms of like the quality of the movie, no, this is just one movie that is a slight misfire, but also one that will, I think, find a decent following of people. See, but this one though, I don't think, I have to disagree people saying that it changes the MCU storyline anywhere because they didn't get involved. So how does it change any of the storyline? Well, I mean, like in terms, of, in terms of like the exposition and like the dialogue and everything, like they talk about how, oh, you know, Thanos, they bring up Thanos in one mm-hmm. scene. So like they, they do talk about some things here they and there. They do, but then they also explain that away with they could not get involved with it mm-hmm. because it's 
human conflict, they're not allowed to get involved. So it doesn't really mess up with the timeline at all, to, at least to me, because most of most of the Marvel movies that are coming out now are after Thanos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to me, it just doesn't really mess up anything. It just follows after the Avenger movies because mm-hmm. there's not going to be any more Avenger movies. Thank goodness. Not saying that I didn't like them. I did like them. Mm-hmm. But Marvel is starting to get more cookie cutter out of it. Mm-hmm. And with people not liking this one as much and saying it's the worst, it's probably because it's not cookie cutter. You know, it well, has a different dialogue mm-hmm. and it's the target is not fan based it's adult based and i think yeah i think with this one um i don't mean like deterring what was already stated in the mm-hmm. previous story but i think kind of like setting it in that direction that people are kind of scared of where it's going after this mm-hmm. and like you said this is more adult based there are scenes in there that are like more this is getting more towards um something you would watch on hbo kind of okay we're not talking about nudity or anything like yeah that. no 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 nudity it's... but it's like oh they actually go that far in an MCU movie or they actually do this in an MCU movie. So it's showing that the MCU is maturing yes. in a sense and with other characters that they want to bring to the screen that haven't already been introduced, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they do that, especially when they have more adult um, type characters now that they have, say, if they want to do another Punisher movie or they want to do Daredevil, Daredevil or Luke Cage or anything that was already on Netflix, what are they going to do from here and how are they going to approach that? Because, you can't have Daredevil, or you can have Daredevil be P213, but you can't have like Blade or The Punisher be P213 because those are not P213 uh, stories. Mm-mm. So, but I I like this one. I don't love it, and I don't think it's also as bad as people are making it out to be. I think it's one of those ones where you know go in and experience it for yourself and see how you feel about it. Um, That's how it should be with all the movies, though. Right. I mean, everybody has their own opinion. You should just respect the, everybody's own opinion. and mm-hmm. It's okay to read about what other people say, because I do that all the time. Yeah. You know, after an interview with the cast, and then I always read to see what people say and see whether I agree with them or not, and see what's, you know, difference. And a lot of times it's, I never saw it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am curious to read other opinions on this too, so mm-hmm. especially since I'm on Rotten Tomatoes, this is like the lowest aggregated score for an MCU movie because everything's been like in the 90s or 80s or even 70s in some cases. This one's down to like 48% last I checked. So it's low, but I don't think it should be that low. I think it should be like mid-70s or maybe like top 60s or something like that. So, But I'm going to give this a 7. I like it. I don't love it. There are a lot of like cinematography, like I said, that's really good. She captures a lot of parts of South Dakota really well, or at least what makes it look like South Dakota. But I also think that with the studio involvement, they kind of mess a lot of things up for her style. And they also mute a lot of her great cinematography that she usually captures. Okay, don't don't give me the eye. Don't give me the look. No, don't give me a, oh my God, kind of okay. thing. Okay. I'm going with a 4.5. Oh, wow. We are, <laughs> you know, we, in the, in the however many years that we've been doing this, I know we took like a long hiatus because we got married and everything. And COVID. And COVID and... It just like the setup that we had for this was not ideal. Now that we're back and doing this, this is probably the first time we've disagreed this drastically. This drastically, yeah. yeah. Mainly for me is because I don't think it's right for a movie. I think it needs to be made into a TV series. I Yeah, I can agree with that. And that's kind of how I felt with like when they did Watchmen the first time, mm-hmm. the movie. It was three hours long. It, it needed to be longer because of how many characters were involved. With Eternals, this is two and a half hours long, a little bit more than two and a half hours long. 
but it needs to be longer than that because of how many characters they have. So if, see, I don't know if they would do a Disney Plus version of this uh, movie because it's so different. Like it's so more adult oriented. They could do it on Hulu. I can see it yeah. going to Hulu and mm -hmm. like making it more mature. That would work I mean, perfectly. Disney owns Hulu, so I don't see why they can't do it. Mm -hmm. Or what's the one they have now in like the UK? I think it's called Sky or something like that, where it's all the adult uh, entertainment that is Disney owned. Oh, I did not know that. It's only in the UK right now. I don't know when it's going to come to the US or if it's going to come to the US mm -hmm. or if um, Hulu is going to be the main US source for a Disney streaming product that's adult based. I, you know, even though we are different in our opinions on this one and it's kind of a rarity. So, mm -hmm. you know, I might look at her and be like, really? But, <laughs> you know, we still want you guys to go and check it out yourselves and see what you think of it. You know, I, I want more people to experience the different side of MCU movies or, you yeah. know, the different side of any kind of comic book movie because comic book movies can't all be the same straightforward thing. They all have to have their own style to it. Yes, they could all be connected in some way, but they can't have, like, the same formula every single movie. But this could probably also help explain the multiverse. It could. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I... Oh, and the last credit scene, the very, very last credit scene, now that we found out, like what that the was. possibility of who it is yeah possibility of who it is i'm really excited because it, it's already gotten announced before um like what the movie is that they're going to come out with that mcu is going to come out with but mm -hmm. i'm really excited what's going to happen and where where it's going to go and i've never actually seen the original ones mm -hmm. so that'll probably have to be not only on my list but like has to be bumped up to the top five on the list to watch it within the next year or so yeah, yeah within the next year um Mainly because it's going to be out soon, mm -hmm. and I want to see how he's going to be yeah. doing this one. Yes, and we're being very vague. We don't want to give it away for you guys oh, just yeah. yet. <laughs> but... And for all we know, it could be ABC. Yeah. One, two, three. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time, and we'll definitely have some more reviews coming in the future. Hopefully not take as long of a hiatus. Thank you, guys. All right, bye.